Quick shout out to our patrons, Callie Harlan, Timothy O'Keefe, Wicked Encounters, Inai Ravid, and Alex Peltier. Thank you so much for all of your support. We could not do this without you. If you would like to join these wonderful people, please visit patreon.com slash thepatientfiles. Please enjoy the show. Mr. Talbot, H. Gray! Welcome back. I got your note. How did it go? It went... It was confusing. More questions than answers. How about the trip to the office? Ah, yes, of course. It was fine. Nothing happened. Literally nothing. Don't change the subject. Right, sorry. Let's get out of the doorway first. Have you just been waiting for us here the whole time, or...? Of course. We were ever so worried. Nah, we just got back. Hmm, I see. Two heads? I wonder if one of them snores. That would be very annoying for the other one. Uh, sure. Let's talk this through. There has to be something we missed. Talbot, are you sure you aren't forgetting anything? I'm sure. It's not like a normal memory. It... uh, It's very clear. At the time, I felt like I was living through all of that. Now, however, it's more... Like, just facts that I memorized. We could do a little digging into the hospital. Olin mentioned he knew the dean there, and that he owed a favor, too. Perhaps they would know more as well. Hmm. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Dr. Olin say he was on his way out of the city? Yeah. Why? Fascinating. There's a way out? How would that even work? I'm not from the city. If there's a way in, there's a way out. It's not uncommon for people to enter the city. Most of the time, it's by accident. People don't usually leave once here, though. More of a matter that they can't. You have to keep in mind, Charles, that this city has no end. Its streets stretch on and on. Sure, you might stumble across a forest or a mountain range, but technically, it's all still the city. One simply doesn't drive out of the city. At least, I didn't think one could. But maybe. Clear minds. We know that they can send people in, why not out? Perhaps that's another lead we could follow up on. Admittedly, I'm new to the company, so my knowledge doesn't stretch very far, I'm afraid. However, it's clear that they aren't all that they seem to be. Which is already a lot. Outpatient therapy programs are a small part of the company's purview. Officially, ClearMinds Inc. has many branches. Pharmaceuticals, technology development, computer sciences, medical research, cosmetics. They even have a few military contracts. You would be hard-pressed to find a home that doesn't have a product made by ClearMinds, or one of their subsidiaries. They have their hands in a lot of pots and pockets. With that kind of reach, they are bound to run into a few scandals. So, community outreach projects were started. Outpatient therapy programs, charities, homeless shelters, and so on. Olin explained as much, but there is more. Right. All of this is public knowledge, but there have been rumors. Human experimentation, mad science, occult rituals, assassinations, buying political power, implanting spies. You get the point. And you two work for them? Dad worked for them? To be fair, I'm a new hire and none of that was in the orientation videos. As far as I knew, those were just rumors. uh, Conspiracy theories. I didn't put much stock into them. Eli, your father, he isn't a perfect man. But he believes in the good that clear minds can do. Yeah, 
At any rate, that's enough to go on for now, yes? We look into this hospital and perhaps dig a little further into clear minds. Carefully, of course. Shall we call it here? I could order us food. Eli, what are you in the mood for? Hold on. We still have something else to discuss. First with the police station, then the pawn shop. <sighs> right. So what? Charles can remember things that he shouldn't be able to. As far as the strange and paranormal goes, that's far from concerning. I disagree. I said it once, I'll say it again. I don't like this. We have no idea why or how he's doing it. What's that saying we told Charles? Accept, not understand? Might as well be the slogan of the city. I am right here. <laughs> I'm with H. Grant this one. Could it be because he's so... You know, new? No. Well, hold on, Mr. Gray. Gray. Let's hear him out. Thanks, Mr. Donahue. Um, okay, so, like, what if Mr. Talbot is only, you know, halfway there? You know, maybe he's still in denial or something. That is actually not a bad idea. Hmm, yes, I would agree. Granted, even what I know about the city is limited, but Charles has always been stubborn and skeptical. Almost to the point of foolishness. Again, I am right here. Quite right. Apologies, Charles. Let me ask you a question. How much of you still believes that all of this isn't real? Truthfully, a large part. Shared psychosis is a well-documented phenomenon. I'll admit, at first I didn't know what to think. Despite this, however, I'm not taking this lightly. Even if I'm hallucinating, that doesn't mean I'm not in danger. I might see a creature with... I don't know. Blades for arms rushing at me. If I ignore it, I could very well get stabbed by a man wielding a knife. On the other hand, if this is all true and I check myself into a mental institution, then I wouldn't get any answers. Not to mention I would still be a target for whatever creature decides to haunt me. It's possible that your method of thinking might, and I stress might, give you some sort of protection. You've worked plenty of cases. Has anything like this happened before? Short answer, no. I've seen people deny the very monsters in front of them. I've seen others casually accept the nightmares presented to them. A few minds have snapped trying to understand the impossible nature of this city. You, Talbot, you seem to both embrace and reject the chaotic nature of the things happening around you. Even if I had met someone like you, which I haven't, Who's to say how that mentality affects memory-altering creatures? So, what? That's it? A big shoulder shrug. For now. Your unique situation may prove useful later. Or it may just go away the more you accept the city. Who knows? Great. Cheeseburgers! I... what? For dinner. I... want cheeseburgers. <laughs> alright, alright. I'll order them now. After food, I say we divide and conquer. I'll dig up information about clear minds. It'll arouse less suspicion. H. Gray, you should be able to easily find more on the hospital. A famous writer found in a building with mutilated bodies. Uh, shouldn't be a hard search from there. Got it. Food's ordered. I suppose that leaves me to track down what? Conspiracy theories involving clear minds? Take most with a grain of salt. That's sad. Consider it done. What do you want me to do? Oh, uh, right... I actually could use your help. As an employee, I might get flagged if I start poking around the dark web. However, you're a teenager whose father recently went missing. Surely it wouldn't be too out of place for you to try and find answers in odd places. 
How comfortable are you with potentially committing some felonies? Sure, why not? Donahue. I'm joking, mostly. Dr. Charles Talbot recording for personal records. The date is September 14th, 2022. It is currently late. With me, I have H. Gray, Eli, and Donahue. We spent the last day doing independent research. H. Gray, would you like to go first? The hospital. It's worth looking into. A lot of people suddenly go missing there. Not just patients, but doctors too. Also, from what I've found, the police have not once entered the building since it's been there. Hmm. How old is the building? City time stuff factored in? I'd say couldn't be older than four years. Five tops. It gets weirder, though. According to the hospital records, everyone that's been released has either gone missing or they've wound up dead within months after checking out. All the deaths are completely different. Some accidents, some murders, some natural causes. The list goes on. Every patient? Yep. What else? The hospital isn't in any established precincts. That could explain why the police haven't been there, but... I don't know. The cops are constantly trying to spread their jurisdiction across the city. There are still plenty that aren't under their control, but if I could find this out, so could they. Any reason why they wouldn't try and claim this territory, or at the very least, investigate the hospital? A few. None of them good. But best case scenario, they haven't gotten around to it yet. It's more likely that they made a deal with someone, or something, to stay out. That works in our favor, doesn't it? According to Charles, we aren't technically allowed in any of their precincts. One less thing to worry about. The question is, what could have enough power or influence to strike a deal? It's not an easy feat. Alright. It's dangerous, but it's our only lead. My research didn't provide anything we didn't already know. Or at least not much. I tried to see what I could find in the Clear Minds database. Dr. Olin's first project wasn't the outpatient program. But I couldn't find anything definitive. Though all details on the others were either redacted or I was denied access. Do you two find anything? Plenty. There are a lot of chat rooms and forums that talk about clear minds. Apparently they have a research base in Antarctica that is developing human-animal hybrid soldiers. Really? Mm-hmm. Also, the world is flat and clear minds are in charge of the holograms that create the sky. Apparently I guess the solar system is also a lie as well. Ah. Let's see. They apparently run Area 51, were behind the JFK assassination, they invented birds as a method to spy on people, they discovered a portal to hell, and they partnered with Big Siri to control the children, Anything and- Anything useful? Not really, but I did find a- There is one theory that caught our interest. Clear Minds hired a bunch of physicists. The theory goes that they're trying to breach into other dimensions. Supposedly, they are far from being able to create this doorway, however, that one got us thinking. That they succeeded. Meaning... The city. <sighs> Interesting, but conjecture. True. In short, nothing verifiable or actionable. We should turn in for the night. Uh, tomorrow we will investigate the hospital. Sounds like a plan. It could be dangerous. We should all go. Eli should stay here, though. No he way! I'm going! Eli, if something were to happen to you, I... This is my dad, H. Gray! Your dad would kill me if you got hurt. Then he won't get hurt. His electricity may come in handy, plus I'll watch the little one to make sure a harm doesn't befall him. We may need all the help we could get. Fine. Fine. You take zero risks. You got that? You got it! I mean it. 
Anything goes pear-shaped, you run. Of course. I can run really fast. Uh, All right, let's head to bed. Dr. Charles Talbot recording for personal records. The date is September 15th, 2022. That is currently... Must we do this now? We could listen to the rest of the playlist I created for the drive. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm sure Talbot has a good reason. I was thinking that once we get there, we should have one recorder running at all times. Everyone have theirs on them? Uh, uh, yup! Of course. Pretty sure. While we're at it, we might as well make audio notes once this is all over. Why? Even with this, who knows what details might be important later. The recorders will catch what you hear, but not what you see. So we take notes of what we see and feel at a later date while the memory is fresh. Hmm, great idea. You're only saying that so you can organize the audio files later, aren't you? It... it is one of the reasons, sure. Now that that is settled, I'm turning the music back on until we arrive. Uh, I can't think of a reason why not. (sighs) This is the place. Finally. Donahue's tone had every right to be annoyed. He spent the last 30 minutes circling the neighborhood. The GPS kept malfunctioning and trying to reroute us away from our destination. Now that we were in the parking lot, it was hard to believe that we couldn't find the place before. The main building towered above the surrounding structures. A hospital consisted of two buildings, connected by a walkway several floors off the ground. The shorter of the two had an attached parking garage, that seemed reserved for emergency vehicles. I don't like this. Eli, you wouldn't happen to want to wait in the car, would you? No way! The parking lot was empty. Our car was the only one there. The hospital stood before us, a monolith of concrete and glass. The windows were treated so that they were mirrored. Despite the sun being high in the sky, the entire scene gave off a dark feeling that sent a cold shiver through my very bones. Two trees framed the large sign which perched above the main entrance, which read, Second Chance Hospital. Well, I don't suppose they have a valet, shall we? I led us across the parking lot. Charles did his best to hide his nerves and to keep himself calm. I made small talk and well-timed jokes as I once again mentally took stock of my gear with each step. On our last outing to the police station, I was caught unawares. This time, I made sure to bring an assortment of knives and my lockpick set, all of which were hidden away in inconspicuous pockets throughout my outfit. The lobby to the hospital was slightly off expectation. Like any other place, it had a waiting area and a reception desk protected by a thick layer of glass. However, clear signs of construction littered the open space. From the looks of it, they were in the midst of a remodel, one they desperately needed. second chances. Please take a form and fill it out. As soon as someone can see you, they will. For a moment, I thought you might be closed, with the empty parking lot and all the, well, this. Nope, just under new management. Again, please take a form. Oh, we aren't patients. Uh, My name is Dr. Charles Talbot. Doctor? Oh, sorry. I didn't know we had any new arrivals today. We appreciate the help. We've been pretty short-staffed recently. Where are you transferring from? What? 
No. Sorry, I think there might be some sort of confusion. Dr. Gavin Olin sent us. Uh, who? Sorry, I have no idea who that is. Huh. That usually works. Yes, we're transferring from Judas Memorial. I'm unfamiliar with that one. I'm not surprised. It's a small private practice, way on the other side of the city. Did you say new management? What does that mean exactly? Oh, uh, new dean of medicine. I guess they are restructuring staff and doing some remodels. What do you mean, you guess? Yeah, I haven't met them yet. What happened to the previous dean? I don't know. I'm new myself. All this is pretty new. They didn't even have time to clear out her old office. I'm sorry, you're all doctors? Even him? Hi, I'm Dr. Eli! I was gonna be an astronaut, but I thought I'd try this for a bit. Uh, kid genius. Say what you want, but he knows his way around a scalpel. A surgeon? I'm sorry to cut this short, but as you said, you are short-staffed. Oh, right. Orientation is on the sixth floor. Like I said, I didn't realize we had anyone starting today. I'll just make sure they have everything set up and give them a quick call. Sixth floor, did you say? Well, let's go. Don't want to be late, do we? Mr. Donahue hurried us along to the elevators. I kept my eyes out for any white coats. If we were going to pretend to be doctors, we should look the part. But there weren't any people around... I mean, any people. So I kept my eye out for, like, a clipboard or a fancy pen. It would really help if we found four ID cards of people that look just like us. Now that I think about it, the clerk guy didn't even check for ID or anything. Good for us, but wouldn't he, like, get fired? Wait! We just passed the sixth floor! Correct. But orientation was- Orientation? Weren't you paying attention? No... I was looking for ID cards. What? It won't take long before they realize we aren't supposed to be here, so we need to use this time wisely. The old dean's office. It hasn't been cleared yet. Oh, I get it! Good idea! In truth, we didn't know where the old dean's office even was. We figured our best shot was one of the higher floors. There was bound to be a map, signs, or some sort of directory. The elevator came to a stop. My trigger hand twitched. The hallway before us was drowned in shadow. A single fluorescent light flickered dimly and sporadically at the far end. Turned over medical beds and carts lay haphazardly throughout the hall. Loose papers and files were scattered. It was like the place was hit with an earthquake. Whatever happened, it happened fast. I think not. Of course, the elevator isn't responding. What floor are we on? How would I know? The little light thingy isn't working. Didn't you hit the button? No, I thought you did. Don't look at me. I was just following you guys. <sighs> Great. We should get going. We won't find out anything just standing here. At least we don't have to do orientation. Sorry, Mr. Talbot. It's fine. Everyone just be careful. What is with us in cursed hallways? We move slowly through the hallway. Debris was stacked up against the doors, acting like barricades. The only source of light was at the far end, which illuminated a single unbarred door. I almost missed the windows on our right when we had crossed about halfway of the distance. When we entered the hospital, it was nearly midday. I stopped and tried to peer through the glass panes. I was met with an inky black, so deep that even my reflection was swallowed. My hand raised on its own. 
a subconscious intent to explore the impossibility of it, to make sure that that glass was even present. To my surprise and further confusion, it was. The window was cold to the touch, too cold. It was like touching a block of ice. Mr. Talbot? These windows. I didn't even have to finish my thought. Eli repeated the actions I just did before recoiling his hand back to his side. Weird. Do you think we could open the window? What? Why? No idea. Just curious. Maybe that's a bad thing. Dad always said there is nothing wrong with a healthy sense of curiosity. Not sure that's what he had in mind. We should get going. H. Gray and Donahue were waiting at the end of the hallway by the door. Donahue tapped his foot impatiently. I raised my hand in a gesture of both apology and to signal that we were on our way. We made it a few more steps before my eyes started to pick out a pattern in the loose papers on the floor. I knelt down to make sure. The paper was a standard patient medical history chart, or at least it appeared to be. The layout was, as I said, standard. At a glance it would seem normal, however it made no sense. The letters on the page were all scrambled, or the characters were just random shapes and scribbles. The physician assigned was the only thing that was clear and legible. Dean of Medicine, Dr. Angela Beckett. I picked up another. A different patient in form, but the same attending doctor. They all were. Every file I could see had the same thing in common. We don't have all day, Charles. What is it? I'm not sure yet. Mr. Gray and I stood patiently at the end of the hall. We gave Charles the chance to observe his surroundings, of course. After I called out for him to catch up, we heard something just on the other side of the door. I turned to look to Mr. Gray, who seemed unaffected. I heard it. Naturally, by this point, Charles was already useless in rifling through scraps of detritus that he'd found on the ground. Shouldn't we at least check that out? No, we don't split up. Mr. Gray spoke to me, but his eyes didn't look away from down the hall. I honestly couldn't tell if he was protective of Eli or of Charles. Perhaps both. That's fair. It's just... Oh, never mind. I'm sure it's nothing. Ugh, what is it? Again, it's nothing. I'm sure I'm just being paranoid. Donna, you? All right, all right. It's just, well, this hallway seems safe enough, albeit a touch spooky. Behind this door, however, we know there's something. I'm sure you and I will be fine, but Charles, Eli, I just worry. I see what you're doing. It's not gonna work. Despite Mr. Gray's claims, his body language shifted slightly. I could see him mulling it over, weighing the risks in his head. Perhaps you're right. At least one of us should stay and keep an eye on them. No matter. I'll scout ahead. I'll be fine alone. Before he could respond, I placed a hand on the door, opened it, and slipped beyond its threshold. To my complete and utter surprise, Mr. Gray let out one of his infamous groans and followed me in. The door didn't even have time to fully close. Oh no! What? Why do you have to be so loud? Sorry, Mr. Talbot, but, uh, H. Gray and Mr. Donahue... They went on without us? I'm sure it's fine. They probably didn't get very far. Eli, don't run! 
I ran to the end of the hall. Mr. Talbot caught up quickly with a power walk. You could have tripped. Just take it slow. No problem. My fingers were crossed behind my back. I opened the door, and Mr. Talbot and I walked through it. I glanced around looking for H. Gray or Mr. Donahue. Good news was that the room was a lot brighter than the hallway, which definitely made seeing easier. Bad news was that it didn't matter because H. Gray and Mr. Donahue weren't in there. We were in what looked like an examination room. It was small, barely enough room for Eli and myself. A raised bed sat in the center of the room with a thin layer of paper draped over it. A single chair rested in a corner and a small sink and cabinet stood in another. Posters hung off the walls of what you would expect. And anything that could have letters were instead a jumbled mess of strange characters. Okay... Maybe we took a wrong turn? Wrong turn? We haven't taken any turns. What? Excuse me, just gotta, you know. All right. Sorry, Ow. sorry, just. Uh oh. What? We should look for another door. There isn't another door, Eli. Hold on, let me. If you could just, you know, move mm-hmm. forward to the left. <sighs> of course. <laughs> Why not? Mr. Gray, you didn't have to follow me. H. Gray, you can Our conversation was cut short. It took a moment for our eyes to adjust to the darkened room. At first, all we could tell was that we found ourselves in a large open space. Our words bounced off of metal and back to us. Eventually, our pupils absorbed what little light was in the room, and more details revealed themselves. A cafeteria. To say it was standard would be a complete outright lie. The tables towered above us. The tiles that made up the floor stretched on far too long. Even from our perspective, we could see piles of oversized food on top of each table. In the distance lay a sausage link roughly the size of a bus. The proportions of this room made us feel small, like a pair of rats. The worst part was, we weren't alone. Seated about the room were grotesque monstrosities, blobs of flesh and fat that folded into themselves. Limbs, or what looked like limbs, protruded from the masses in awkward contortions. Hands swiped around them chaotically, grasping for anything and everything. They shoveled whatever they could into their many gnashing maws. Well, that's rather disgusting. Quiet! Oh, shush yourself. I don't think they can hear us, or see us for that matter. You want to bet your life on that? Fine. What's the plan? First, we get to Eli and Talbot. After that, sneak past or fight our way through if we have to. Alternatively, we go home, order takeout, and watch a movie. This is our only lead. Yes, yes. I'm only joking. Well, shit. I expected to open the door and be met with a darkened hall. What we now both stared at was something else entirely. A blanket of pure darkness stretched out before us. Not shadow, just a void of lightless space. Out of curiosity, I stuck my hand through the threshold. Mr. Gray moved slightly to try and stop me. Once it was clear that I wasn't in any pain or the like, he visibly relaxed. Well, a bit. 
The empty darkness was cold to the touch, like a bathtub full of ice. Needless to say, I didn't keep it there for long. Retracting my arm, I slipped my hand in my pocket, partly to warm it and partly to retrieve a knife. What are you? Oh, relax. I have more. What? Where? That, uh, never mind that. Why? I never liked that knife. This was the perfect opportunity to throw it out. <laughs> Liar. First your hand, then the knife. You're testing it. Fine, you got me. It has temperature, extremely cold by the way, and apparently gravity. Yet somehow this room is floating in it. Fascinating. I don't like this, Mr. Talbot. Let me think. Is it getting hot in here? Alright, I thought about it, and it's not good. I, I don't like being trapped, Mr. Talbot. And I really don't like being in small spaces. Uh, um, okay, hold on. Our phones. We could call H. Gray or Donahue. Yeah, they could come get us. And I don't have any bars. <laughs> of course, I don't. Uh, uh, me either. Okay, okay. We'll be alright, won't we? Is it getting smaller in here? I think it's getting smaller in here. Eli, take a few breaths, okay? It's not getting smaller in here. You're just starting to panic. Panicking? I'm not panicking. Who's panicking? Shut up. You're panicking. I'm calm. Eli, Eli, look at me. Just take a few breaths. Like this. Watch. Inhale. Exhale. Come on. Same time. Inhale. Inhale. Good. And exhale. exhale. One more time. Inhale. Good. Exhale. As Eli began to calm himself, I took that moment to look around the room for any details I may have missed. Okay. I think I'm okay now. That's good, because... And... Don't freak out. But you may have been right. About what? At that point, I simply gestured around the room. Eli took a moment to look around. His eyes squinted slightly, as if inspecting every detail intensely. A flash of recognition splashed across his features when he realized it. The room is getting smaller! Mr. Talbot, what do we do? Do we jump out the door, or... Can we... Can we... Uh... Eli, remember, just... Just breathe. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. How are you so calm? Aren't you afraid? Afraid? I'm terrified. Then how are Panicking you... Panicking isn't going to help us. Pretend this whole thing is just... Another patient's file. It's not real. Alright, imagine everything you're feeling in this moment is a piece of paper. Take all those emotions, doubt, anxiety, fear, throw them into a folder. Then, I want you to take that folder and throw that into a filing cabinet. Lock it. it is that healthy? No. You know what, let's think this through. We're in a small room that keeps getting smaller. Thankfully, not rapidly. Yet. Uh, okay. There's a, a dark void on the other side of the door. Hmm. At this rate, our two options are either jump into a seemingly empty void, or wait for the room to crush us. Not good options. We need a third one. Alright, let's... <laughs> the room flooding isn't the option I had in mind. What's happening?
Mr. Talbot and I just stood there for a moment. I didn't think either of us breathed. I think we both thought at any moment a monster or some sort of creature might crawl out from the cabinet. I know that's what I thought anyway. Oh, uh, so the cabinet that opened was the one underneath the sink, and it was positioned in such a way that only we could view it from the side. We would have to move closer, like, pretty much right in front of it to see inside. I focused electricity to run down my arms, just under the surface. If I needed to, I was ready to zap it. Mr. Talbot took a step forward, cautiously, but he moved closer to the cabinet. Hold on! <gasps> Inhale, exhale. Come on, Eli. You got this. Just... Just get behind me! Mr. Talbot went to protest, but I let out a few sparks between my fingertips. He just nodded and moved to the side, so I could take the lead. I may not be able to do much about a room trying to slowly crush us. Very slowly, might I add. But a monster? That, I can help with. We made slow progress. I think we wanted to get the drop on it, so we tried not to make much noise. When we were close enough, I leapt forward and knelt down. Electricity ready to fly outward. Upon seeing what was inside, I quickly grounded the build-up into the floor. Considering that we haven't heard the clink of my knife, the drop is either very far or never-ending. With that and the cold temperature, we would likely slowly freeze to death should we decide to try and leave that way. So, no going back, huh? A personal motto of mine. With the way we entered no longer an option, we closed the door and waited around for a few more minutes. The hope was that it would open, Talbot and Eli would appear, and we could prop it open somehow. When that clearly wasn't going to happen, we resolved ourselves to pressing on. Before we did, I took my notepad out and tried to write a small message to Talbot. No matter what I wrote, it all came out jumbled and was nonsensical. I would be lying if I said that I didn't hate every step we took. I would have to trust that Talbot and Eli could take care of themselves. We drew closer to the colossal tables. The already deep shadows of the room became a thick wall of darkness under the tables themselves. Hmm. Alright, so our options are either what? Go around the tables and in the open, go under the tables and not be able to see our hands in front of our faces, or somehow climb on top of them. The last one will give us a good view of the room. But then we have to contend with those things, not to mention the piles of food. Yeah, if we could avoid being eaten alive today, that would be great. Also, silly me, I didn't bring my climbing gear with me. You didn't? Huh. You knew we were coming to a hospital. I know. I'm rather unprepared. So, around or under, then? Around does give us the most sight. Those gluttonous blobs aren't very careful. What little we could see when we approached was proof of that. Food, metal trays, and the like ever so often were flung behind them. Even under normal circumstances, the idea of hospital food being flung onto my clothes is unacceptable. And need I remind you, you are responsible for any damages to my clothes. <laughs> Not chicken leg here or there is more likely to crush you. Stained clothes are the least of your worries. Under would seem the safest. However, that's only because we can't see that far into it. Who knows what could be hiding in Not to mention, there is the risk we could get turned around. We could waste time staggering about or get separated. I'll admit, I underestimated Donahue. I knew he could take care of himself. 
but it wasn't until he started going through his pockets and checking what he actually had on him that I understood what he was doing. His comments on our options weren't just naysaying, he was analyzing. He was carefully weighing each option, their risks, and what could be gained from them. All of that after he started to check what he had at his disposal. I knew the next step, make an action plan. As much as I would like to take credit and claim he picked up a few things from reading my files, that wasn't it. The way Donahue casually performed these steps were done like someone with experience. This was beyond a simple survivor of the city. Well? I'm sorry, what? I showed you mine. Show me yours. Donahue had his vest laid on the ground. On top of it rested everything he had on his person, except his recorder, which he still held in his hand. On his vest was a watch, seven daggers, and knives of varying sizes, a lockpick set, three energy bars, two bottles of water, and his cell phone. Then I remembered, of course, my cell phone. I immediately retrieved mine from my pocket. Damn it. No bars, of course. Uh, where are you hiding all that, anyway? A good tailor can do wonders. What do you bring to the table? I swear, if I dirtied my vest for a one-sided show-and-tell. I proceeded to empty my pockets. My gun, a few mags, my smokes, my lighter. Two flasks of cheap whiskey, a notepad, a pen, a half-eaten sandwich, and of course my phone. Donahue did not look impressed. Alright, looking at what we have, let's rule out the climbing, shall and we? With nothing to shield us from falling debris, we should avoid going around. At least we have a light source. We'll have to stay close, but I suppose under is the best option. We packed up our respective gear. It took a few moments for Mr. Gray's lighter to spark a flame. He took one last look behind us towards the door, which, at this point, was in the far-off distance. With resignation, he pressed slowly onward, and I followed close on his heels. Truthfully, we had no way of knowing where we were going, but I knew we couldn't turn back. This episode is a Dark Papers Entertainment production. Showrunners for this episode were Christopher George and Dalton Lewis. This episode was written by Christopher George. Script editing was done by Dalton Lewis. Dr. Charles Talbot was voiced by Christopher George. H. Gray was voiced by Michael Williams. The clerk slash nurse was voiced by Nicholas Babich. Lucian Donahue was voiced by Dakota Hamlin. And Eli was voiced by Dalton Lewis. Hello, listeners, patients, and or Clear Minds employees. Chris here. Part one of the three-part season finale. Oof, jeez. Honestly, it feels like yesterday since we started all this. We couldn't have made it this far without all of your support. We really appreciate all of your ears. We also want to give a shout out to Fingers. They can be used to press the like button and give us some stars. Come on, do it. You know you want to. You know what? While you're doing that... Come follow us on our socials and say hi. Links in the description. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane.